Welcome to the DBS Films Podcast, a behind-the-scenes look into making indie films. Learn from DBS Films about their process, tips, and fun stories that all come with making multiple movies a reality. Hey everybody, welcome to the DBS Films Podcast. My name is Kel, with me as always my brother Brennan. Together we make movies with DBS Films. Today we are talking about part two of what you need to do as an indie filmmaker in 2023. First episode we kind of highlighted the overall industry. This episode we're going to basically highlight the big pivot that we've made where you now want to be more of a community and a brand than anything else. Be sure to take a look at our Discord channel online because you can take a look exactly what we mean by that. And on top of that, be sure to take a look at The Forest of Death, which is our newest feature film and if you go ahead and rent and review it really means the world to us so in this episode i really kind of wanted to just you know as mentioned highlight what we think the new winning strategy for indie films is and what we think you can do to get yourself there and i think the first thing we can do is kind of recap what we were mentioning from last episode which is basically the traditional model of making a short, having someone give you a whole bunch of money so then you can become a famous director or you can become a famous writer or you can become a famous single position or whatever it might be. Um, That's no longer the case, really. And on top of that, it's never been easier to make movies. So, you know, the success that we are seeing with filmmakers is when you're making multiple, multiple movies and not just one movie. But I think one thing, you know, I I want to drive home a little bit more um, that we've been seeing more and more. And, you know, I think it's a good place to start is you now need to consider yourself a filmmaker. You're not a director. You're not an editor. You're not a writer. You're a filmmaker. And the reason I bring this up is because I believe as everything's been being condensed, you no longer have the luxury to just kind of be like, well, I'll just get like a writer or well, I'll get a director or well, I'll get a cinematographer. Well, I'll get an editor. Am I saying that's impossible? No, you can still do it. But again, if the idea is that you want to be a full-time filmmaker to where you can consistently make these movies and have revenue from it, the biggest thing that you really need to go ahead and do is cut down on how many roles that is and take full control of the process. Is this easier? No. And I think this is something that we kind of learned personally going through The Hateful Eight. It's not easy to learn these things. You have to make a lot of mistakes. You have to keep making them. But with that being said, what will end up happening is... Um, if you continue to you know, power through, you'll end up learning. When you end up learning, you get better at it. And now before you know it, not only is it saving you a lot of those costs, it's combining that vision. So it's one consolidated vision. Again, we're in a little bit different state. You know, luckily we have each other to kind of, you know, pick up slack here and there. But with that being said, I think one of the mindsets you need to have now is you need to be responsible for a to Z, the entire production, because if it's up to just you, then you will have the most success opportunities. And this includes producing it. So this includes funding it. This includes everything in that filmmaking process. What are kind of your thoughts on, you know, it's never been easier. And because of that, you need to embrace it and really take all of these roles into account. Yeah. I mean, just to be able to make these movies um, at a price point where you have to scale them up or, you know, you have the ability to get your money back you just have to wear a lot of hats. And I mean, I think if you're going to be a director, you have to be a writer and you have to be an editor. Um, If you can't do any of those three things, you got to be able to do at least two of them. If you can't do two of them, you know, you're going to be paying someone to, to do that stuff. And the issue with paying people is number one, it costs money, but number two, their interests may not be aligned with your interests. You know, they might be in it for a paycheck. And yes, there's a lot of talented people out there. There's a lot of people who, you know, believe in the vision, maybe believe in your vision and are willing to give you 100%. But I feel like those people are very hard and, uh, you know, few and far between. I think the real talented people at the indie level, 
um, or they're just coming out of college, you know, Hollywood recognizes talent and those people probably get jobs or get in placement programs to really kind of, you know, work. So if you're an indie filmmaker, you know, you're working with people that, you know, may have a lot of hustle, but, you know, there's just, you know, they're not the top of the top or they might have their own, um, you know, motives in mind. They might have, you know, they might be just trying to get a paycheck so they can go fund their project, which is, you see it a lot in indie filmmaking where it's like, I'll scratch your back, but I just get my check and then I'll go. And with the indie filmmaking process, you really can't have that. You have to have everyone invested in the movie. There's so many little variables and there's so many people who work on these movies that in order to keep your vision and, you know, and tell the story that you want to tell, everybody has to be aligned. Everyone has to be clear. Everyone has to, you know, put in a full effort and you're already kind of scaled down. There's not a full art department. You're probably just going to have one person. You're not going to have a DP and a whole DP team. You're going to have one DP. And a lot of that stuff just makes it even more difficult. And even if that person was really talented and super motivated, just working in those conditions is very difficult. But I think as a filmmaker, you have to kind of you know, if you're going to make these movies for the price and if you're going to make the movies for the scale and you're going to make the amount of movies that you need to make, because the other thing that you don't realize is that not only is it money that's an issue, it's just time to coordinate with everybody, to set up all these Zooms, to get everyone on the same page and, you know, to get feedback and go back and forth takes a lot of time. You know, with me, it's just one straight line of, you know, all right, here's what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. And this is how we're going to do it, And we're going to go and then we're going to make another one. And, you know, I think that was why the first Hateful Eight took so long is there's just so many cooks in the kitchen that nothing ever really got done. And the stuff that did get done was kind of like it just wasn't focused and it was just kind of messy. Yeah, I think that's kind of the the big thing is, is there's a multiple level of benefits that come from, you know, having it consolidating condense. But I mean, a big one is again, you know, we mentioned you got to basically have multiple amount of movies to even come close to having those residuals. And if you are splitting it with an entire team or something like that, it becomes harder or it just becomes harder to hit that break even point with it. Now, again, do I wish we could, you know, everyone was getting paid to do all this stuff. Do I wish we had a big team? Do I wish we had coordinators and stuff like that? Of course, but it is just kind of the stark reality of the current, you know, landscape of something that you have to do so that being said i think the big topic of this episode though is you know you have to start seeing yourself more than just a filmmaker but a brand and you know that's dbs films it's now coming into light when the sense of you have this brand as a studio we always point to a24 blumhouse these are kind of movies that you know they're connecting more with their audience and they're basically providing it more so you're making all of these movies and you're having this ecosystem, as you kind of mentioned from the beginning, one of the reasons that people end up watching all of our movies is because they find our discord. They see they have the level of interaction here. They see that, you know, they have the opportunity to be in our movies. They see they can do all of these different things. And that goes from, you know, someone watching one movie to someone binge watching all of our movies. So there's just so much more of an ecosystem that you can build. And more importantly, what this builds for us is when we have a launch of our new movies, we have a built-in support system for that launch. Launch. So I think really the biggest advice that I would push to all the filmmakers out there now is use the advances in social media technology, whether it's streaming, you know, I do a lot of TikTok live streams, things like that, to just reach out and tell people about your process and include them in there. 
You know, there's something still very magical about filmmaking. And a lot of people want to be part of this process in any type of way that is possible. And if you can just, you know, provide that, again, we take it to the next level of allowing our fans to be in our movies. You know, we make movies for our fans with our fans is a big motto of ours. But just any level of that, because really that then builds your longevity. You know, what ends up happening three years from now, I know our Discord and the, the fans that we have are going to be even larger, even more supportive. And what does that mean? Every single time that we launch a movie, it's basically the snowball that grows. The movie does better. We reach more eyeballs, more eyeballs find us. They go ahead, join the Discord, and it kind of grows and snowballs there. But I really think this was a big turning point for us. And I think this is something that is the cutting edge. You know, I think what we're talking about, making more movies and doing that stuff, like I think there's, a, like you mentioned, there's a lot of filmmakers that understand it. But from my experience out there, no one is coming close to what we're doing with our community building element. And I think this would be the biggest thing that I recommend to all filmmakers out there because you have a built in support system for every single movie that you make and your existing catalog. Yeah, I mean, it's super important. And you'll see the the filmmakers who are doing really well right now. They either have the support of a big TV Facebook group or the found footage Facebook group or one of these giant groups. And that's where they kind of cultivate their audience. And that's huge because you want to be able to launch. You got to be able to move up the charts very, very quickly. Um, you know, there's a difference between, you know, having 50 to 100 downloads on the first day and a thousand. And the people in thousand get, you know, the increased visibility. Amazon's like, hey, if this person has the ability to, you know, push a thousand movies on day one, I'm going to give it more visibility because number one, it has to be a good movie if people are watching it. And number two, like if they've been able to cultivate that audience, you know, it's in Amazon's vested interest to push products that are selling. So you have to, I mean, you have to find a way to do that, whether that's with email subscribers, whether that's with Instagram, whether it's with TikTok, you have to find a way to kind of cultivate these people and let them know when you produce more work. And I think that's one of the reasons why Kickstarters work so well is because when you have a Kickstarter, everyone kind of gets hyped up. You have a thousand backers and then it releases and then those thousand backers will support you um, You know when it comes out on these platforms. So you have to cultivate it. You have to kind of grow. You have to you know put in the work to kind of build this stuff. And there's just a lot of filmmakers who are just like, all right, here is done. I'm I'm done. I made my movie. Um, here, distribution company, take it. When really, there's more work on the back end of this in marketing and you know doing um, you know finding a good distribution company, and continually making ads and honing and refining and learning um, all the marketing stuff um, as much as they're wanting to the movies. And like that's just how it is. There's a reason that Blumhouse probably has a multi-million dollar marketing budget because they know how to push that stuff. They're not just saying, here's Megan. Um, I hope it does well. And then, you know, sitting back and trying to make the next movie. It's a you have to go from start to finish every single time. And it's difficult for filmmakers because I don't think they understand the process all the way through. And I think that there is just this, once again, the the Hollywood myth that the distribution company is going to go out there and market it for you. A distribution company is called a distribution company because they distribute. They don't market. You can hire a marketing company for you, but they're going to take your money as far as like ad spend and they might do a good job. But you're getting to the point now where this is something that you should learn how to do because not only when you learn how to do it, you'll be able to market your movie better, but you'll find your audience. You'll learn where your audience is. And that is 
if not the most important thing you can do as indie filmmakers, understand who likes your movies and who you're making your movies for. Yeah, I think that's like, you know, a hugely critical one when it comes to, again, having that built in audience and that base. And I mean, a lot of times we'll see this just in in indie filmmaking in general, where people will kind of be like, oh, I'm so social media out or whatnot. I've been posting, you know, one post here, or two posts there. And I mean, I think, again, you know, I really highly recommend any indie filmmaker out there, go take a look at our Discord channel right now, go join our community, because I think the you know, next thing I want to kind of highlight is the movies are almost kind of a way to have just a built-in audience and support for a lot of different things, but it's also something to have incredibly loyal, loyal fans, as we were mentioning. And the thing is, is, you know, your goal now needs to be building your army almost. And, you know, we mentioned there's a difference between 50 and a thousand launch reviews and things like that. Like that's a huge difference there, but like, there's so much possibility when you have people just kind of bonding over the concept of, you know, filmmaking and being there You can take a look at our discord. I mean, we do things like trivia night, karaoke night, movie Mondays. We play games together, all of these different things. And I think the reason I want to highlight this is because you can really use just the, the idea of community building to be a force and a, an engine for the movies. And I think one of the bigger ways that we do it is by casting through our community is offering these roles there. So it's really something like this. The equation then becomes, hey, listen, if you support us, if you support DBS films and we're able to make more movies, that means we can cast more people, which means we can go ahead and cast you. And I think the big difference here is, you know, do you really feel like if you support A24 that they care about you or anything like that? And I think if you're an indie film, well, let's say A24 maybe, but let's do like a bigger studio, like one of the Marvel ones. But basically, I think the big thing here is really try and connect with your audience. I think because of social media, because of, you know, especially these live streams, I mean, look at YouTubers, they're making a lot of money. Why are they making the money? Because they create this community there. And I think you have a very attractive, you know, very attractive offering with the sense of being a filmmaker and making movies because of just the pure nature of filmmaking that you really should lean heavy into this element of it. And I just think, again, the the people who think more like a content creator are actually going to have better success than the people that think more like a traditional filmmaker. And I think you can see that just in the money. You know, look at how much these YouTubers are making. Look how much these streamers are making. Why is that? It's because of their community. And I think more than anything now, while it's easier to make a movie, it's never been harder to get eyeballs. So your goal should be making as many movies as you can, but also how can you generate consistent eyeballs and something as interactive as the discord community that we have, you know, we have at any given time about a thousand people on that server, just hanging out. So it's really something where I would highly recommend any filmmaker look at this model, look at this concept, because I think nowadays the people who are being the most rewarded when it comes to the entertainment and media industry are the people who are cultivating communities, not people who are creating, you know, really amazing content. Now, yes, the content helps and you need to have good content, but having a community is guaranteed. Having content that people like, as we know, it's not as easy to do. Yeah, I think you have to make good content. And I think, I mean, it's just, it's a balancing act of just how any business operates. You have to have a good product and you have to have people who are interested in your product and you have to cultivate the people who you know, are interested in your product. And if you look at the top businesses, whether it's like Tesla, whether that was Netflix, I don't know. I feel like Netflix is kind of jumping the ship a little bit um, based on their fan base, but Apple's got a huge fan base and they make quality products. I think it's, they both have to work. You can't have 
you know, the fan base and make poor quality products because the, the fan base will leave, but you can't have the, you know, a really good product and then just struggle to find the, uh, the people who like that product because you're not going to have any sales. So it's two th- twofold, but I think definitely think if you can build a community, if you could build the foundation, the community is the foundation. And then, you know, you're always supported at the launch. You're always supported doing this stuff. And then you can kind of get new eyeballs, new people on your stuff. Um, and that's how you really kind of grow. I think that's kind of what A24 did for a long time. If you go back, A24 had a lot of movies before they really started blowing up the last couple of years. And what were those movies? They're kind of quirky. They're kind of different. They're outside the Hollywood system. And they had a fan base for those movies. Like there is the whole A24 is the greatest thing ever. Um, you know, and that's your opinion, man. But, uh, you know, they built, they found those people who really love A24 stuff. And they've built that foundation on it. And then they started to come out with some really good movies. And obviously they came out with everything everywhere all at once. And that kind of blew them into, you know, mainstream uh, population, mainstream filmmaking. But that's the way to do it. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of cool stuff they come out with the next couple of years. Because now they have probably a bigger budget. I mean, their budgets used to be a million bucks, two million bucks. It went to five million bucks. They got... um heredity and that was like 20 million and you know they could probably make everything all at once too for 100 million bucks and then probably make its money back in one weekend so to see their growth at a larger scale but i think that they the business model applies to not only a24 but also independent filmmakers yeah i mean again i think it's really something you have to take a look at so you know when you're doing these movies really kind of think of how you can do a content creation element to it you know again tiktok youtube any of the major social media ones out there because you really have to get the message out there and you really have to embrace it and i think you know really kind of the last thing i want to you know mention about this is i think we naturally have a different vision of dbs than a lot of filmmakers yes you know we want to continue to filmmake and do these things But I mean, personally, I see it as, you know, as we continue to scale up and we continue to find amazing talent in the discord, in the community that we're getting, it just makes it easier for us to ramp up. You know, again, we're making four movies this year, which to a lot of filmmakers seems like impossible. We're talking that I think, you know, we can very easily make 12 movies in a year if we just have the teams that we scale up. And the thing is, is the way that we're cultivating this team is through our community. So I think, you know, what you're going to end up seeing is a lot of DBS filmmakers, you know, not just us. You're going to see people that rise through the Discord. You know, you're going to see people who are doing special effects, you know. And I think this is just what makes it easier, too, on having the community element. You know, we find people who are very serious and passionate about, um, you know, working on movies. You know, that's why they find us and they, they support us and they understand it. And they understand that their support of us will lead to us growing. And us growing means more film teams, more production teams, more writers, more special effects, more all of these things. And I think that's a big element to really lean into as a filmmaker, and especially with this community model, because everyone's on the same team then. You know, we're all here to make this work. We're all here to make our dreams come true in the sense that they make our dreams come true it's only our responsibility then go ahead work with them and give them these opportunities and i think because of that it becomes a very powerful model so you know not just having your your community to be there to you know hey just support us every once in a while with this but really you know lean into it and let them know that the end goal is kind of scaling and growing now again this is kind of unique to us you know maybe not all filmmakers will want to manage production teams and things like that 
But, you know, this really is something that I think has highlighted our model and why I think this is going to be so effective is really the sky becomes the limit. And again, you know, our focus, while we are going to continue to push for good content and make the content better, I still think it's going to be something where, you know, you're just going to see, I think the biggest competitive edge that we're going to have is how quickly we can produce and manufacture movies to a, a DBS quality. Yeah, I mean, we we made two last year. We're going to make two um, pretty much by the middle of June. I think I do three more. And I already have ways that we're going to test out for the next one to um, increase production time uh, from you know making the movie to actually getting it off to distribution. I think that I can get that down to 30 days um, while also being able to make another movie at the same time. I think it's just understanding how to prioritize my time and figure out where I need to kind of focus my efforts at the time. But I do think that you can make six movies in a year. And I think if I could close out the, the last part of this year making three movies, then the next year we'll do six to eight. Um, I think it just depends on what kind of you know style you're going for. Um, obviously, we're going to have a bigger movie, like the Bigfoot movie is a bigger movie, but that's coming off a smaller movie with Roger Project. The next movie that we're going to do is probably just four people in a cabin, which is going to be Girl in Cabin 14. It's going to be a smaller production. And then Murder House, I don't know, we might go a little bit bigger with Murder House, but probably not. Um, like I said before, we're really looking to keep all the movies small, but kind of make more of the movies. So we're still, we're going to have more cast and more crew and more everyone, but we're doing it in a very uh, calculated, methodical way to make sure that, you know, the quality stays there and also that we can get these things from, you know, paper, from script to screen as quickly as possible. Yeah, I, I think that's really, you know, again, expediting it, working more with the community and working more with, you know, everyone involved with it. And you know, I think the last big thing that I kind of want to mention, you know, to any indie filmmaker out there is, you know, it's it's going to be tough. But I think everything that we mentioned is only going to continue to be true. I think there's only going to become more content. There's only going to become easier. I mean, you do have the rise of AI when it comes to what that could do for special effects, what that can do for the writing process, what that can do for the editing process. All of these different things are going to be actually really interesting over the next course of the years. But I do think that, you know, everything that we've kind of mentioned is is the same there. And I think, again, while it's never been harder to get your I think it's never been harder to kind of go down that Hollywood route. I think it's never been easier if you do take everything involved, focus on the community to be a successful filmmaker. And again, keep the budgets low and keep producing quantity. And then the residuals do continue to add up. So, you know, with kind of closing thoughts on that, you know, what's kind of your theory? I think it's only going to get easier for a single person or, you know, like a small group of people to become a full-fledged studio. But I think, again, the hard part's going to be, you need to have a lot of quantity or get lucky with a really good film. And then we've talked about this before because of that model, you might actually see a really big resurgence of filmmaking. You might see a lot of interesting new ideas. It's the reason we strictly watch indie films for the most part is because this is where the new ideas might come from. And I mean, if I think people are only going to hit a breaking point when it comes to all of the Hollywood movies and films like that, where they finally look at this and they're like, I want to try something new. What's this movie about? Who are these new filmmakers? Yeah, I think what's going to happen is that filmmakers are getting better. 
And I think that's the big thing. With each movie, you see exponential gains. If you look at the movies that we did with the first Hateful Eight, you know, they're so-so. And then we made a big jump with the Girl in Cabin 13. But you can't even tell Girl in Cabin 13 from, you know, Horror in the Forest, which is our latest one. The jump is so good. And so it's like, all right, you give me six more of these things. With each jump, it gets exponential. And with each jump, you kind of, you know, start to close the delta between a Hollywood movie and indie movie. So I think in the next five to 10 years, you really could see a lot of indie movies get not up to the quality of a million dollar movie because it's really hard to cheat. But I think that you can kind of cheat it enough that people don't really know. And I think that was the one thing that I took away from The Forest of Death in the reviews of that was, well, it looks very cinematic. It looks like a Hollywood movie. Um, most of the the reviews that were kind of negative were a little bit about the acting and just, you know, the overall plot stuff. So if you can get the production to kind of look like a Hollywood movie, that's the first step. And then now it becomes you as a director, as a writer, as a filmmaker, you know, how you kind of fill in the blanks. But if you can kind of cheat the production, I think that's the step in the right direction. And then as you just get better as a filmmaker, as you get better with working with people, as you start working with more talented people, um, everything kind of falls into place. Yep, I think that's really the case. And again, you know, to all the filmmakers out there, massive solidarity. Feel free to join our Discord, ask us any questions, because, you know, part of the thing in doing this is we want to, you know, empower as many filmmakers out there to have these successful models. We love watching these movies. We love being part of this industry. And we just want to see how many people can, you know, be part of it, too. So feel free to join our Discord, take a look at Force of Death online, but that's going to go ahead and wrap it up. So until then, have a good one.